ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson, and I am the managing editor of Reader Views in Austin, Texas. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press, coming to you this evening from Portland, Maine. It's April 3rd, 2008, and welcome to episode number 60 in our series. Tonight's topic is how to make connections, and our special guests will be joining us this hour is Dr. Ginny Grant-Scott. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Please send your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, Dr. Ginny Grant-Scott is the founder and creative director for Making Connections, a web-based Internet service that connects clients by email with publishers, agents, the film industry, the media, game and toy industry, the music industry, and others. The company helps clients write an effective query letter that will be received and read and sends out personalized queries to -to hard-to-reach contacts in all these fields. The company has had over 1,000 clients in the past five years since it was founded and has been written up in the Wall Street Journal and other publications. They have success stories and kudos from more than 250 clients, some of whom have gotten six-figure deals through using this service. Now, Jenny herself has published over 50 books herself and has an extensive background in personal and professional development, problem-solving, decision-making, conflict resolution, and interpersonal relationship techniques for more than 25 years. She has gained extensive media interest for previous books, including appearances on Good Morning America, Oprah, Montel Williams, CNN, and hundreds of radio spots. She has been frequently quoted by the media, such as in a recent short piece in Cosmopolitan about workplace conflicts. She has a Ph.D. in sociology from the University of California at Berkeley, a Juris Doctorate from the University of San Francisco Law School, and an M.A. in Anthropology. Good evening, Ginny. Good evening. Hi, Jenny. Wow, that's uh, quite a bio. I'm so grateful that you're on now talking to us because it sounds like um, you're one busy gal. Right. And I've, I've used my own service to sell some of my books as well. Wow, that's great. So you have firsthand experience in what really can be done. Mm-hmm. Before we go any further, Jenny, how about giving our listening audience your website address? Or you said you have a couple of them. With uh, we have a couple. If you if you have a book or um, an article, uh, it's at publishersandagents.net. Uh, if it's a screenplay or film-related, filmconnection.biz. And for all of the other sites, we also have a media site, newsmediaconnection.com. But the umbrella site that has links to all of them is makingconnections.biz. Makingconnections.biz. And then, of course, uh, when you go to that, you can get, as you say, links to um, all the others. So Right. Great. Wow. Uh, where do we start? I guess, how do we make a connection? You know, as authors, it's so important for us to make a connection. And I'd like you to talk about what what is making connections? What is the definition of making a connection? Okay. Well, I mean, there are many ways to make connections. What you're trying to do is either uh, find an agent to represent you, which we can help with, and or, or, or to do directly contact a publisher. And there are some publishers who are, or many publishers, are still open to uh, people contacting them, particularly if you have a good approach to them and uh, they can quickly see what you, what you have and they're particularly interested if you have a platform where you highlight some of the things that you've done 
that make you a desirable author to promote a book. So those kinds of things can get through. Uh, there are some of the very big companies or some, certain big agents, uh, or certain big, um, uh, or big editors who, are, who may require that you come through an agent. But we have found that about 90% of the editors, even in the big companies, will, will uh, receive uh, contacts directly from, from people. Uh, besides doing the email, it's also a um, so going to conferences where you meet people and you or you do pitch, some some organizations have special pitch sessions where you have somebody who's amenable to like a ten minute pitch or a five minute pitch where you quickly say what it is you have and then there's follow up and where the the equerry works very well is for somebody who doesn't have the personal relationship where you can just talk to somebody and say well can you give me a referral to the agent you work with uh, but um, but but you know, the majority of writers really don't have those kinds of referrals, so that's where an email query can open the door. And you, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that a good approach. So what constitutes a good approach? Uh, typically, uh, now let's, well, let's focus on the email approach. Uh, typically, you want to keep it short. Uh, typically, we recommend about three to 400 words where you highlight the main points of your book. Uh, it's a little bit like Starting off with a log line, you, you might read these kinds of log lines in the uh, the television guide, for example. And that's that's where the word comes from, where you have um, a little log line that uh, interests somebody to watch the program. Well, in the same way, you have a, a one sentence, uh, quick summary uh, that captures the person's interest, and then maybe you have another one or two sentences that indicate, uh, you know, how you're uh, how you have a high profile in some way. You've done media. You um, uh, have published books before. So those are the kinds of things you want to uh, kind of put up front. Another thing that's also important is having a really good subject line. And one of the things that I found, even though people are writers, they may not you know, get, get the essence of what's a good subject line. People often are too vague or they write, they write too long or they put it as if it's the first lead-off sentence rather than as a headline. And then you also... You know, say you start off with this bio for for or the subject line. You know, then you have this log line. You know, then you have maybe one or two paragraphs, uh, preferably two paragraphs, kind of going into the overview or the synopsis. Uh, if if it's um, uh, a self-help book, you might highlight some of the things you're going to be talking about in the book, and you know, you might use bullet points to highlight different chapter sections, and and then you have a very short bio. Um, I think one of the one of the main or some of the main flaws that people have in writing letters is one thing, it becomes very vague and it becomes advertising hype. Of, you know, this is a really great book and it has this kind of tone. And you really don't know what the thing is about, but you know all about what the the person thinks about it or they have, well, my friend read it and my friend really liked it. You know, I mean, that's not important. What's important is if they have somebody who's significantly uh, known, uh, you know, who has endorsed it, Formally, you know, then that's one thing. But if it's, if it's somebody who's not not a known person, it's just sort of a friend or somebody who happens to uh, be a professor or something like that, that is not going to matter to to a to an editor or an agent. Uh, what they want to look at is real platform kinds of things, uh, which is very important today because we're we're so d- driven by celebrity and and the news media, uh, you know, highlighting people. So people, you want to try to find a hook. Um, another thing you want to do in the in the end is to uh, ask ask for it. Say I, I'm offering this uh, 
to to you? Would you like it by email or whatever? You know, so you just kind of have this close that that comes to a logical end, and then you put contact in at the end, and you want to put the contact information at the, at the end, not like in in a letter where you start off with it, with all this um, letterhead. You're not doing that in email. Another uh, mistake that sometimes people do is they send too much, or they try to send an attachment or a synopsis or um, photographs or things like that. And, and a lot of people are not going to open those kinds of emails because of viruses. And, you know, they don't know if they're interested. You, you have to do it in about a two- or three-step process. Yeah, Ginny, those are all great, great points for query letters. Uh, I get a lot of odd query letters as a publisher. And if even a, a fraction of the people followed your guidelines, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, in fact, when I first started out, there were, when we sent out queries, they go out under the person's email, so it looks like the person has done it. And one of the things we, we do is we have a little review service where as part of sending out a query, we will look at it, give people suggestions, and they do the final query. Or alternatively, if it needs a lot of rewriting or, or they want it written from scratch, you know, then we, then we have a, a writing or rewrite service. Uh, but, you know, even even with people who are professional writers who've, who've gotten things published before, we have found that about 95% of the letters really need some final tweaking. And uh, we, we even got a letter from uh, uh, sometimes agents have used our service to send out queries off either by themselves or that some of their clients have done it under their own name. And I got a really nice uh, testimonial from one of the agents who described how, how busy she was and how how great it was to have somebody to review these letters in the times that she's done her own letters and hasn't taken our advice and hasn't been as effective as she has. And so, you know, I mean, basically it's up to the person to decide whether they're the final say, and we just give our advice. But um, but, but typically, um, you know, people who take it do, do a little bit better, we've we found. People do a lot of flaws that they, they aren't even aware of. I mean, they think they're being precise, and they'll use terms that are not going to be familiar to people that may be little buzzwords in their industry or academics sometimes tend to be usually sort of large words and try to impress people. And it just suggests that it's going to be, the book is going to be academic and technical and it's not going to appeal to a broad audience. And, and then sometimes people want to put in all their credentials and it becomes this huge long paragraph. And that, that's, it's a real turnoff when, when you, when you get that if it's just, you say too much. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the matchmaking process. Just suppose that I'm an author and I'm looking for a publisher, an agent. In fact, I don't even know which. Uh, what are the factors that go into finding me the right agent or the right publisher? Well, what we do is we have keywords in our system. And, and anybody uh, who is sending out queries, you want to do some some amount of selectivity. Uh, because this is a broad uh, 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 email, it, it goes out to quite a, quite a larger number of people than if you were to individually sending out queries. We have special software that enables us to do that. So we can send out a, a, a query, um, oh, we, you know, about like 100 in a, in a few minutes. And, uh, and it goes, it's, uh, it's special software that personalizes it. So it makes it much faster for the person rather than one by one sending out a query to somebody, which we you know which definitely somebody could do and they could put their own database together, but we, we just make the process so much more efficient. But it's the same process that somebody, if they were writing their own letter and sending it to a contact that they've selected, that they would do. Uh, but uh, typically our queries go out to about 300 plus um, editors or agents from our database, which has 
about five times that amount. But uh, so we, you know, so we pull out like somebody uh, wants a, um, uh, a self is self help book. We'll pull out oh, yeah. editors who might be interested in self help. We'll pull out editors. It's the business book. We'll pull out editors in business, and there might be some overlapping fields. So that might be a self help business book. So somebody who has that kind of a you know, help yourself to to a better career, which are the kind of books that I write a lot of, of um, improving work relationships. Well, they're also self-help books and they're business books. So, you know, we pull out any relevant words, and it's not going to be a perfect match any time. I mean, you, you just can't because you just don't know exactly what somebody's going, going to be interested in. But but it wouldn't go to somebody who's interested in social issues, for example. They're not doing uh, these how-to books or self-advice books. So, you know, within, within certain categories, we, we um, select out people. And where we find our, our uh, data is we constantly monitor the trade industry of who's making the latest deals. So it's, it's not like if you go to some of these directories that people commonly buy, uh, like Writer's Digest and um, uh, Jeff Herman's Guide, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the editors and agents there will be from small publishers or small agencies who are not necessarily in the, in the center of things. And so a lot of them are really small. They, they pay no or zero advances. And one of the reasons that they're open to being in these books and looking for new writers is because, you know, they may be new themselves. So so we don't even we, – at one time when we first started, we would go through it and pull out people. But, but so many of them, um, we, we just found that they were just uh, the smaller people and sometimes they were charging agents or uh, they had were packages. And so I mean, sometimes those were a little bit misleading because the, the really big publishers don't even want to be in those kinds of directories because they don't want people contacting them. Yeah, you're completely right. All the best people aren't in that uh... – Writer's Marketplace book, probably. Yeah, so, you know, so, uh, but, but, you know, for the starting writer, you know, if, if they can't get into one of the bigger houses, I mean, it is a, a way in which they could get published by a smaller uh, house. And there's so many books that are published, you know, when you think there are 200,000 books each year, is the latest number I've heard thrown around. And a lot of these are self-published, and the average self-published book sells about 150, 175 copies. So, um, uh, you know, anybody can publish a book these days, and uh, for a couple hundred dollars you get a, a print-on-demand book. But there's a big difference between just publishing a book and seriously getting it distributed, and that's, that's the hardest thing is the distribution. Uh, a number of our clients have been self-published authors who want to uh, try to go to a mainstream publisher. And sometimes it helps I mean, if you've been able to actively get a sales track record having self-published your book and shown that there's a market that you can get picked up. We've had clients who have been picked up and have gotten uh, five or six-figure uh, deals as a result of they started off self-publishing, uh, particularly if you have a niche book. Then then, then that's something that's fairly easy to, 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 to deal with. I mean, like you have a book that would appeal to people in the, in the health professions or in the health field. You know, you can, you can get lists of people in that industry and then target them. And one of the things we're doing, we're, we're actually creating a list of spiritual growth leaders and trainers because we've just had a lot of interest in the spiritual growth area. So so that seems to be a, a booming area in, in publishing now. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's, let's talk for a minute about um, syndicating an article or column. Suppose I want to write uh, short pieces, maybe 300 to 600 words, 
that get picked up in smaller newspapers around the country. How would I get started on a, a project like okay, that? Okay, well, there are two ways to do it. One is called self-syndication, where you individually contact the editors of the different, uh, usually newspapers, but sometimes you can get magazines to pick up columns by. Uh, so that's one way. And uh, we, we through News Media Connection, most people use it for PR, but it can also be used for articles. Uh, when you contact editors at magazines or newspapers. And then the other way is to find a syndicate. And these are um, like King Features or the um, Chicago Tribune or, or other syndicates. Some of them will syndicate people who are already published in their paper, but some are open to outside outsiders. And it changes uh, in terms of uh, from year to year in terms of whether they're open or not open. Uh, it has been a... Uh, in constricting market, as you can well imagine, because newspapers are in trouble and a lot of them are going out of business and people are moving to the Internet and uh, not everybody makes money on the Internet. In fact, most people don't. Uh, so it's, it's just really hard to, um, uh, in terms of the Internet, because it's changing so much. So right now, in terms of our own databases, most people would ideally like to be syndicated in a newspaper. Uh, but it is it is competitive because a lot of people are, uh, a lot of editors are, are being fired these days, and a lot of um, uh, newspapers aren't printing as many pages because the advertising is going elsewhere. So it's been a, it's been a problem for um, for syndication. But um, you know, every time, every you know, every, that being the case, though, I mean, there's still opportunity to get through, uh, particularly if you've uh, maybe in your local area, you've you've gotten uh, some publications there, and you're trying to go national. I mean, that could be something where you already had a following and you can show that. Um, it's important to have a few columns. Uh, so w when you contact people, and typically what we recommend is uh, uh, having, having this query letter which you send out, and then you have a sample column at the end. Um, but not too much. You know, just one is enough. And then after that, they can ask more columns. And so typically you need about uh, three, three to five columns uh, to basically launch something, but if you but if you have just like a one to start, you can at least test the waters and see if people are going to be interested. So, so Jeannie, then this comes into the fact that the writer needs to be an expert in some field. Then is that um, uh, um, ideally? I mean, people are going to want to know what are your credentials for writing this column. Uh, so you want to pick up something that where you can uh, look to your background. I mean, even if somebody is a mom. Um, you know, you can you know write a column of household sorts of things or things about dealing with children. Um, I'm, I'm in the, involved with a book proposal I just put together with um, uh, people who are talking about uh, applying spirituality in everyday life. And I have one person who's a mom, but but beyond that, she's also on a, on a committee of people who are moms trying to help out in the schools and moms in the community. So it's a little bit beyond just being a housewife, but you, you've got something else to bring to the table that, that can, can show that you have an ability to reach out to people to promote your book and, and so forth. So this is more so for the uh, nonfiction. What? Yeah, I mean, oh, but it's also for columns because they, they, basically people want to know that somebody has credibility or is an authority on something. Sure, okay. What if the author is um, a mystery writer? and wants to uh, have a column syndicated. Is there any particular theme or, you know, what direction should that particular author take? Well, you have to think about uh, how this is going to appeal to a broad audience. 
Um, and if it's just to mystery writers, um, this you know, probably wouldn't be something to try to syndicate in uh, international publication. I mean, it might be there's special, specialty publications that appeal to mystery writers, and then maybe you could get a column in one of those local uh, publications that's, that's published by a um, an organization of mystery writers. Uh, those are th those are not ones that we would have because they're so specialized. So um, what we what what we look for, or the national media looks for, are columns that will have a broad appeal to, uh, you know, like everyday life in the family, uh, investment tips, those sorts of things. So you have to ask yourself if this, you think that this is going to have broad appeal, because if not, you want to look, target these specialty markets, and then that's something you would do yourself. Well, that certainly makes sense, that's for sure, and uh, the broad audience is what's important as I'm hearing from you. What about posting articles rather than columns? What about posting articles on the Internet? I mean, we're so Internet-based now. Others? Well, I mean, certainly people can do that, I mean, just for exposure. Uh, and it's very hard to make money doing anything on the Internet these days. Uh, and there have been some, some websites that have tried, and it seems like they've gone to a free model. So I would see that as more a way of getting exposure than thinking about making money. I mean, even if you get something in syndication nationally, it's um, uh, typically it's anywhere between like 9 10 to $25 for a syndicated column each time it's picked up. Um, it's different than if you're writing an exclusive article for somebody. But if you're syndicating it, you, you tend to pay very, very little. And if, with syndicates, they take half. Gosh, you're saying $9, I'd be happy to get $9, $10. We're syndicated, and we don't get it. Yeah, but it's, it's a volume operation. So if, you, if you're getting $10 from 500 papers, right. you know, that, uh, that's $5,000. Of course. So, so that's where, the, where it makes uh, economic sense for syndication if you're writing a column and you get picked up and you're all over the country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, but that, you know, in terms of being a self-syndicator, it, it, you have to kind of manage this thing and send out the, send these, these letters out. And I mean, maybe that's something, you know, we, we could manage for somebody if they wanted to, uh, you know, indicate, well, these are the column people that are getting it so we could send out a mass attachments for people uh, to um, their clients. So, so that's something we could do. But otherwise, somebody, unless they have a service that's doing this, you know, they're going to be um, spending a day sending out individual emails to people with attachments. Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw because I'm sure that these places get just oodles of emails every day. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I, I did a, a query. This is on behalf of myself. Uh, and I did actually sell the article to um, uh, for, for 500 bucks to a um, uh, trade publication that was interested in uh, using work relationships to improve people. But it was but when I wrote to syndicators, they, many would write back and say, "Well, you know, it's really a nice little column idea, but we already have somebody who's doing a similar column." So you have to be careful about that. So, so sometimes. If you find that you're getting that response, so people like your column, but they, uh, you know, feel they already have somebody doing that, you know, then then maybe self-syndication would make sense. Well, and that's where research really comes in handy too, doesn't it? Because there's no point spending all that time and energy sending a queer letter to somebody that has a column already in something that right, exactly. Yeah, sure. But when we send out queries, it's 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 not, no more effort for us to, uh, to send it to 500 people than it is to send it to 
10 people. Uh -huh. You know, it's because we, we're using the special software in a bulk mailer. So once, once the letter is formatted, you know, we just click a button and then automatically it goes out. And hey, it could be that maybe the person that has that column is leaving and they are actually looking for somebody. So yes, yeah. So uh, while you might not find a syndicator, you might be able to, to sign up somebody by, by doing it directly. I mean, what, what a lot of people do is they will try it out. I mean, you just don't know until you, you send out and you get responses how people are going to respond. So by doing both, you know, by hitting syndicators and then also hitting uh, the magazine or the newspaper editors directly, you, you get some feedback in terms of what the level of interest in your column. And this can be a good way if you have an idea for a column, but just do a sample column rather than spending time writing five columns. So you at least get some feedback to see if anybody wants to see your column in the first place. And so if all of a sudden there is interest and the obviously the magazine or newspaper that's running the column wants more information, what does the author do then? Well, I mean, typically they will want to have more more information. They will want you to send more columns. They will want you to send bio information. They want they want to send you to send a picture. So whatever they ask for, you have to send. And then there can be a period of negotiation or where they have to have a whole committee look at it to make a decision. So it may not happen right away. Um, or they may want to say, well, we'll, we'll try it out for, um, you know, like, like a month or, 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 or 10 issues or something like that. I mean, I started with the Oakland Tribune uh, where I got things syndicated, uh, which ended up turning into a book, which turned into eight books with Amicom. But it started off with a series of 18 columns that initially I just started off with about four columns. And then I, I, I got the um, Oakland Tribune, and they happened to have a whole number of papers in that area that were part of this uh, Knight Rider group. Um, so um, it, was, it was something different at the time, but they got bought out by Knight Rider. And so um, anyway, it went to about a dozen papers around the East Bay, and then was also picked up briefly by a, an L.A. Um, uh, career uh, paper that um, picked that up when I when I tried to syndicate it. And so you know, I got a small amount of money from them. I mean, you, you don't expect, unless it goes really big national, to get huge sums of money from this. And, and it's a very, very competitive field, and people have to know that going in. And, Great. You know, um, and then Jenny. they may have a contract. You might draft up your own contract. Um, but, but don't ask for too much because you're not going to get anything. Then. Very good points. Let's talk about uh, follow-through after I've sent out a query. I want you know to find out whether people are reading it, but I don't want to be a cyber stalker. What's the right way to go about that? Well, you can wait a couple of weeks. I mean, you can, you know, um, I mean, what, what typically happens with email queries is people will respond within the first day or two. I mean, sometimes people respond within a couple of hours. And so most of the responses will come within the first two days. And so then you could wait if you wanted to after that. And, uh, well, of course, if somebody responds right away, you, you, you immediately, you want to be ready to respond. And so you want to be able to come up with your additional columns or whatever it is, you know, within within a reasonable time. Maybe it may take you a week to get it together, but but within that, and some people will let you send it email. Increasingly, people are open to emails. Other people will say send hard copies, and so you do what they what they ask you to do. And uh, in terms of what people haven't responded, and you could within two or three weeks, uh, you know, ask people. But but um, but typically, people if they're interested will respond or not, and so people get so many different emails that um, uh, you can expect that often people won't respond if they're not interested. 
But but it doesn't hurt to in two to three weeks to send them a little follow up query. Great. But, but it would be best in in writing. It's best not to call. Best to just deal with nails and things. Exactly. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, film rights. Is it true that I have to have a bestseller on my hands before I can go talk to someone about film rights? Not necessarily. Um, it, 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 of course, the bestseller helps, and then they may be approaching you. Um, <laughs> but, but we've had clients who've um, had published books, who have um, even, even self-published books, who have offered film rights. Um, it's less effective if you only have a manuscript that's not been published to try to sell film rights. I mean, typically what they would want then is they want actually want a script so um, or, or a treatment. You know, the further along you can get something, the more likely you are to get somebody to respond and pick it up. But um, but we've had people who self-published, like through iUniverse uh, is one of them, or Lulu, or some of these other book surge, some of, some of these other self-published publishing companies. And particularly if you've had a kind of track record that you can show, then it, then it uh, increases people's interest. You know, it's, it's anything you can do to increase your visibility can help you uh, sell the film rights or sell a book or, 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 or once you sell a book to a big publisher, maybe the publisher will want, want to keep the film rights and with some publishers maybe better to just leave it with them because they're going to be more active about pursuing it than you will be. And so if you're getting a 50%, it's better to get 50% of a big sum than it is to get 100% of nothing or very little sum. Wow, that's, uh, you know, Jenny, you've really, you know, in a short little time here, just loaded us with all kinds of information. And I wanted to give the opportunity for you right now is just like maybe a final thought, some inspiration for the writers out there. Okay, well, I mean, just, you know, keep, Keep at it. I mean, you read about these huge success stories, and in in some cases, it's like the right timing, the right opportunity, and that our our service can really help writers to um, because the the query letter, the initial contact, is so important, and you even to have another set of eyes review it and uh, comment on it because sometimes people just don't recognize about how. How people are going to respond because they think they're they're they've got a great approach, but it may not be as as good as it could be, and and that's your door opener. So that's really important. Um, so if I can leave the websites with you again, of course, for people who are writing books or have columns, uh, it's the publishersandagents.net as publishers plural and uh, spelled out a and d agents uh, plural dot net, and the uh, for, if you've got anything to do with the film industry. Uh, it's filmconnection.biz. Uh, and, uh, and some people also uh, have found writers uh, through us. For example, a, um, uh, a published writer of books uh, might want to find a script writer to translate their material into a script. And so we've done, uh, we, have, we have directors and producers in our database. And so besides sending it to producers, sending it to directors, some of whom are writers or no writers, can be a way to find a writer to work with you on, on a script. But don't expect people to just work on, on, on spec on, a, uh, on an idea. You know, if, if they're willing to, to pay something, even a small amount down, um, you know, that, that's kind of a way to bring in a screenwriter. But, but otherwise, you know, just to say, well, I've got this wonderful idea, I'm looking for a scriptwriter, people are probably not going to respond because you know, they're trying to make a living too. Wow. <laughs> 
Oh, and then in the media, if if somebody mm-hmm. does get a book promoted, even if it's a self-published book, you can pitch yourself as an expert. It's better to pitch yourself as an expert rather than pitch the book, where the where you happen to mention you can talk about this topic, particularly if you can find a time with the news, and then you have a book that you promote at the same time. And the newsmediaconnection.com can help people promote their book. There again. And then, of course, making connections. Uh, dot um, is is the overall umbrella, and we also have uh, services for people who have games and toys for um, for looking for money for entrepreneurs who who are trying to raise money for a business. Uh, we have um, gifts and stationery field. Uh, we we have a lot of different uh, businesses that people can 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 do queries for. Wow. Obviously, you haven't missed anything out. <laughs> okay. Does that pretty much cover everything? Yeah. But it sure did. And uh, you're certainly a one-stop center, aren't you? And you have all these connections, which I know uh-huh. the writers will certainly be appreciative of that. And so thank you very much for being on our show and giving all this wonderful information and inspiration to writers. Thank you. Oh, that's been nice being on here. And I'll second that. Okay, you've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We'll be back on the air April 17th, 2008, on our new biweekly schedule, when our topic will be producing and selling audiobooks. And our guest who will be joining us is Toby Hurled. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We would love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for our Reader Views, this is Irene Watson in Austin, Texas, signing off. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman on the road in Portland, Maine, wishing you all a good evening.